Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Under the Stained Glass, the podcast where we take a look at what we talked about in church this week and then approach it again from a family angle. I'm here with my pal, Ms. Whitney. Hi, everyone. I'm Pastor Chris, and of course, I want to invite you to come worship with us if you're in the area around mm -hmm. Burbank, California. We worship at uh, 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sundays. But of course, also, you can always join us online, and the way to do that is included in the the description uh, there on this podcast today. So this week we were in this exciting chapter of uh, Acts chapter 5 where Ananias and Sapphira, a married couple, make a commitment to the early church that they renege on mm -hmm. and there are some really devastating consequences to that. It's a really cautionary tale about how it's important to have integrity mm -hmm. and that when we lie or we present ourselves as something that we're not, yeah. it's uh, not just people that are offended, but even the Holy Spirit. So Ms. Whitney and I were talking about how that really plays in, like what are the dangers of that kind of hypocrisy, not only to the unity of the church, uh, but in our families? And how can our families be strengthened? by making sure that our motives and our intentions are pure and that they actually end up matching our actions. Sure. Yeah. Well, we need to first and foremost understand who we are trying to impress. Mm. Are we doing things like working to get the best cars or putting our children into sports for the good of our families or ourselves? Or so that we can stand out amongst our peers. Mm -hmm. There's really a big difference between those two things. And figuring out where we stand really is the first component of understanding our motivations. Yeah, and that's where hypocrisy kind of lies in that sure. gray area where these things just don't match up. Yeah. Right? Nobody's fooled by phoniness, especially kids, and neither is the Holy Spirit fooled. So what we put forward in terms of that outward appearance, if it's out of whack with the inward reality, that's just not good. And one example I can think of is the proverbial churchy family. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The church parking lot family mm -hmm. where the family is driving in the car on the way to church on Sunday morning and they're fighting and bickering and they're all scowling. But as soon as they get into that parking lot, <laughs> their faces change and they smile and they're ready to hit those pews and be the best family in the church. Yeah, that church parking lot family is really the epitome of the facade of a true Christian life, one that's lived only in the pews and not in the world. Maybe, though, you, you're not, you know, one of those church families like that, but maybe you're the mom and dad that are working overtime and they have really nice cars in the garage or expensive gadgets in the house, but mom and dad are sacrificing time with their kids to have those things. This really misses the whole point of family as well. Family's not hinged on the material, but on the emotional, the relational, and the experiential. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense to just check our motivations and, and try to keep them pure, as hard as that is. And mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, that is, that's a difficult thing to do, sure. obviously. But for instance, if we're pushing our kids to strive for excellence, just to be sure that we're doing that because we know it's going to help build their character sure. or check. Is it, are we doing it because it just builds up our own ego? Now I've actually witnessed this coaching sports when my son was playing baseball. I remember this one daddy used to push his kid to pitch in baseball and he told him it was for his own good. Wow. He told him the only way he was going to get to college was on a scholarship for pitching. 
So this put such pressure on this boy. He was only in fourth grade or so. <laughs> and the pressure just caused him to melt down whenever anybody got a hit off him. So the father's motivations were really at odds with what was best for his son. Mm-hmm. So what is a good way? What's a good starting point to begin to check our motivations and be sure that they lead to actions that are best for everybody? Well, our motivations should first and foremost be bringing our families closer to the will of God and also be hinged on the happiness of our children and our spouses and the unity of the family as a whole. Yeah, it's really about having integrity of motivation and action to having those two things match. Mm -hmm. But it is hard sometimes to even know our true motivations. So again, we need to really go through in prayer, I think, a checklist to make sure our motivations are coming from a good and a godly place. So what are some indications that we're, we're on the right track? Well, peace in the family is a good indicator of where our motivation might lie. We want to really ask ourselves, does what I strive for and what I'm doing bring peace to myself and my family? And then you really want to take the time to examine that because on the surface, the answer might be yes, especially if it's something that you're striving for that's material. Mm -hmm. It can look really good on the surface, but on a deeper level, is this thing that you really want for yourself or your family causing division or conflict in the family? And that's something that's really important to know. Wow. Yeah. And what about joy? I mean, I think if our motivations are to bring joy into our family, have that desire to bring joy to our children and family, I mean, that's a good place to start. And of course, it's not that we don't have problems or that we won't have struggles as a family, but joy... I think means uh, being able to love one another through those problem times and not have those problems actually split us up or, or cause a lot of friction. We want to have joy so that we can have unity sure. even during those times. Yeah, another indicator would be fulfillment. We really bounced around on this word earlier this week because a lot of things that are not right for us can bear fruit and can satisfy in a certain way. And if it's something like work, it can be lucrative. If it's something like a sport that you want your child to pursue, they can be really good at that sport as they're pursuing it. But what fulfillment really embodies here is so much more than that sort of thing. It's really the realization of potential that satisfies Mm. the spirit and brings together that joy and peace that we've been talking about while bearing a positive result. So if we have the results that we want, but not the joy and the peace, we're never really getting that crucial component of fulfillment. Yeah. And I guess fulfillment is really what God wants for us. Exactly. Yeah. So we kind of play into what God's desire is for us when we're motivated Uh, by a desire to glorify Him Mm -hmm. and to be sure that what we are doing is bringing us closer to each other and closer to God. Yeah. Are we skipping church or family devotion time to get those things that we're really striving for? Are we skipping dinner time and play time with our families like what we were talking about last week? Worship and family time are God-honoring activities. And as we've previously spoken about, getting ourselves and our families closer to and excited about God and the Mm -hmm. relationships that He really lifts up. We want to be intentional in these areas, not because God needs us to worship in order for Him to be who He is. He's still going to be God regardless of what we do. And we don't need to spend time with our children or else we won't go to heaven. But it's because it's good for us to do so. These things are what will give us that peace and that joy and that fulfillment. And it really brings glory to God when we do them. So these are the things that we should really be striving for. 
Yeah, so when we do everything we can to limit the hypocrisy, that idea of, of trying to appear to be something that we're not, and instead have unity of motivation and action, that's how we really build trust and unity in the family. And that trust and unity were things that the church was really famous for and can be famous for. Sure. And it's also the thing that the family is perfectly suited to, to actually encourage and foster. So it's really all about asking the Holy Spirit in prayer to help keep us honest about our motivations and then to go ahead and guide our actions. Our verse for today is Acts 4, verse 33, and it says, The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. We testify not only in our words, but in our actions, and when those two match up, it can be a powerful witness to all. And that's the goal. We want to mm -hmm. be a witness to everybody, especially to our kids and our family. Sure. So, all right. Thanks for being here today, and we will see you next week on uh, Under the Stained Glass. Bye.